0: the SUS podcast. Focusing on sustainability for beginners, I'll be talking to fellow environment enthusiasts who are keen to share insights and ideas on how we can do better for the planet. The SUS is all about making small changes with a goal of sustainable living. Follow me on Instagram at the underscore SUS underscore for more. In this episode I chat to Kira McNulty. Kira is a registered dietitian and fitness and well-being guru. She shares advice on how a sustainable diet can also benefit our health and how being conscious of what we consume is key to a healthy body and planet. So Kira, thanks so much for agreeing to chat to me today on the podcast. I've been really looking forward to chatting to you. Um, why don't you start by telling me a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm really, really excited about today's conversation. So I hope everyone listening can get something useful out of our talk today. But yes, my name is Kira. I am a recently qualified dietitian. Um, I currently work in the acute hospital setting. Um, But I've also started my own company sort of off the back of my degree in clinical nutrition and dietetics where I'm working more one-on-one with patients that want to sort of optimize their lifestyle with regards to their diet and sort of physical activity and really working one-on-one with people that want to get the most out of Their healthy life, whether that's in terms of fueling an active lifestyle or trying to be more sustainable or just trying to wrap their head around all the nutrition myths that are out there, because I know the world is so full of them at the moment, especially on social media. So it's really cool to have those conversations with people and make sure that they are getting the right information and it's not too overwhelming. Um, I'm also a fitness professional, so I do... Um, fitness instruction I do spin classes in Perpetua fitness in Dublin um, and I'm doing a degree in sports and exercise nutrition so I'm really trying to tie in all of my interests and passions with my education and yeah help people on their wellness journey.
0: (laughs) That sounds amazing but also you sound very very busy at the same time. Um, Tell me what made you decide to become a dietitian?
1: Yeah, kind of my interest definitely stemmed from when I was in maybe fifth or sixth year in school. I've always had an interest in science and medicine and diet was never on my radar until I was in college, but I did an undergrad in biomedical health and life science in UCD. So that's a four-year degree that the normal, like a very common trajectory from that is to go into studying medicine, which was definitely what I had planned on doing. Um, And then when I was in my final year of my undergrad, I took more of an interest in my own health and I became, um, I was so interested in kind of exercise and nutrition, which fit nicely with my passion for, you know, studying medicine and the human body. And, dietetics was actually brought up by my mother who came across it randomly and just kind of put that idea out to me um and yeah I just kind of went out on a limb I didn't have a great understanding of what dietetics was but I knew that it was a nice combination of my interest in lifestyle and then my education in health sciences and I just kind of took it and run with it and ran with it and ended up doing the master's in ucd in clinical nutrition and dietetics and then everything just kind of spiraled from there i just got more interested the more i learned and it really became a career that i'm so happy that i fell into even though i didn't really know what i was doing yeah
0: yeah, I think that's really nice. Um, It's always nice to see when people are able to marry together their interests and their career, because I'm sure you love what you do.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Were you uh, eating plant-based when you started studying or was there something that you moved towards gradually?
1: So I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, how long have I been sort of vegetarian for? And I think I'm coming up to the four year mark. I'm not there yet, but it was really kind of that year of my final year of my undergrad that I was studying biomedical life and science. I was kind of just getting more interested in lifestyle, going to the gym a bit more, thinking about the foods that I was putting into my body. And I was actually, I had traveled to Australia that summer Um, I went volunteering in Fiji and I stopped off in Australia on the way back and it was the first time I was there and it was just like a whole nother world everything there was a vegan option for everything I had just kind of become interested in plant based diets and it seemed like it was so easy when I was there because it was just more so the norm like many people were just living that lifestyle like they've always been living that way and it really opened my eyes to how abundant and nutritious and beautiful like plant-based foods looked and it really helped because that was kind of the first summer that I was making these changes so it definitely gave me a little bit of motivation for when I came back to Ireland and so it, it started when I was finishing up my undergrad applying for the masters and yeah I never looked back
0: (laughs) a lot of people say that about travel where um when they're abroad that there's a lot more options in terms of vegan and vegetarian food which is interesting I I follow Mm -hmm. Jess Redden who's over in Australia at the moment and she says there's just so much variety but I think Ireland is getting better in terms of the offerings with regard to plant-based food
1: Oh, absolutely. I really think Dublin is well, I'm not sure about the rest of Ireland, but I think Dublin (laughs) is a great place for plant based diets. Like obviously we haven't been eating out in a while, but even going to supermarkets, there's just been such a massive increase in the variety and the options that we're getting for Like I know plant-based diets are very heavily reliant on fruit and veg, which we've always had, but there are the alternative protein sources like tofu and like well-flavored products that aren't so boring and people don't need to come up with a fancy recipe on how to prepare them. It just makes it so much more accessible. And then kind of having your Alpro products or maybe more dairy alternatives and just it's become much more exciting and accessible not only to kind of foodies our age that are interested in recipe developing and going plant-based but for families that are trying to decrease their maybe meat intake and just making an easy meal that everyone can enjoy i think in the past few years that's definitely become more normal which is amazing because when i started i definitely even know what tofu was I think I had to go to the Asian supermarket (laughs) to get most of the things that I was looking for I was following so many Australians on social media where I was getting my inspiration from and I I only went food shopping in the Asian supermarket so it's not like that anymore although the Asian supermarket is the best place ever but yeah definitely not complaining about being in Dublin.
0: So what prompted you initially to take an interest in sustainability? Was it your diet or was it just that you kind of from traveling started to care more about the environment?
1: Yeah um, I think I always get asked kind of why I went vegan or why I changed my diet and it definitely came from a place to being interested in health and lifestyle and I'm, I'm never going to lie and say that like I you know the reason I changed my lifestyle was for the planet or for animal welfare and things like that all of that did come afterwards so I, I definitely went plant-based before I was kind of woke okay. <laughs> like the sustainability around it it was definitely health focused and yeah, I'm never going to lie about that because it's just like the way that it, it took its turn. But when I became more interested in my diet, it just seemed that all the information in the readings that I was doing around food and lifestyle, there was so much being thrown at me about the environment that that sparked my interest. So it was more so that the things that I was doing and that I was so happy to be adapting were actually really cool for the environment as well and now one of the main reasons that I've continued my plant-based diet is because of its kind of better beneficial impact on the environment I don't think anyone can do something so kind of consuming and something where you need a lot of determination like following a plant-based diet or any sort of specific diet or lifestyle if their sole motivation is because it makes you feel better most of the time. Like there's definitely needs to be a bigger reason. And I think sustainability and helping the planet has been one for me that has just kind of backed up why I do what I do.
0: (laughs) We hear a lot about how how food, uh, what we eat affects the world around us. So from your perspective, are there any quick changes that people can make to their diet that are more environmentally friendly? Um, What do you recommend there?
1: Mm -hmm. yeah this is a great one because it seems a little bit daunting and one of my lectures we actually had a lady in from airfield estate in dundrum um, come to speak to us in college about sustainability and one of the biggest take-home messages i took from that um, because i i actually find it quite hard to keep up with what we should be doing like what are the things that we are doing to either help or harm the planet like i think there's just so much information out there and i yeah i get confused myself so i'm not surprised that people that aren't in the field don't even know what to think but one of the take-home messages was that the food pyramid itself is really one of the best ways to be sustainable so if you do break it down and if you eat in that format throughout the day, you are doing the right things. The problem is that most people aren't doing that. So the amount of meat that's recommended on the food pyramid is the size of your palm. So the size of the palm of your hands, not including your fingers. So literally a piece of meat that is the size of the palm of your hand throughout the entire day that is enough that is two servings so that's you having your protein twice a day and that's what that are those are the recommendations on the food pyramid but if you talk to anyone that is a meat eater or literally just doesn't have maybe an interest in their diet or they do they just I don't know. If you talk to a lot of people that aren't plant-based, that's not the amount of meat no. they eat every day. It's probably two or three times that amount. That's probably half of their dinner. So if you actually look at the food pyramids and look at the serving sizes, which are on it and the recommendations, if you follow that, that is sustainable eating. And so even the way that I highlighted there that the portion size of meat it's not a vegetarian diet it's not a vegan diet that people need to be thinking about it's really being more conscious of the amount and the portion sizes and the proportion of their diet coming from different areas including animal products and just kind of looking at their diet as a whole and seeing what the proportion of plant versus animal looks like and if that can be changed at all i think that's one of the The best ways to go about it because not everyone wants to be vegetarian or vegan and it's not helpful for everyone to to live that way Mm -hmm. so it's more so being more conscious about how much um meat and dairy and eggs that you are consuming and if that is in line with the recommendation for a healthier life and a healthier.
0: I think, yeah, it's definitely important to remember that there is that connection between what's actually healthy for us as individuals and what's healthy for the planet. Um, then just in terms of organic buying, um, we often hear that, you know, it's better to to buy organic foods because it's better for the planet, better in terms of farming and, you know, that we should be looking for local pro- locally produced fruit and vegetables. Can you share some benefits of what organic produce does for our health um, and what being conscious of this, how this can help us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do think um, the most important thing to highlight here is, and this is another thing that I got from my lecture from um, the ladies at Airfield was, we're so lucky to live in the EU where things like farming and agriculture are really well regulated and there's not a huge difference between organic and non-organic produce for us because the chemicals that are being used on um, in agriculture are really uh, strongly regulated and aren't as harmful to ourselves and to the environment as compared to places like the US. So that's something that I've never actually seen highlighted before when Looking at organic produce and eating organic, and that was because I've spent a lot of time in America, and there's like the dirty thirty, like the dirty dozen, with the, the list of foods that you should be avoiding or should only be buying organic because of the high um, levels of chemicals and products used on those on those fruit fruit and veg. But now, more recently, I've just kind of been more aware of the fact that the EU and the US are so different in their um, farming yeah. practices so that it's, we don't have to be so um, kind of conscious about orga- eating organics um, for our own health, which is amazing. Um, but I definitely think people listening to this should apply it to wherever they live and maybe dig into the the agricultural practices that are being um, used in their countries and then if I guess if products are being imported from non-EU countries then it might be beneficial for you to kind of look at what where they're coming from um, and if if those products are organic or non-organic but definitely eating um, or buying locally buying Irish products shopping in your local shop so not even just like going to little and Aldi and and buying the irish fruit and veg but really going to like your local grocer even to the farmer's market um and hearing the stories from the farmers really seeing where the food comes from and if you are interested you can ask them if they're organic or what they do or what they what products they use on their um and veg which is really really interesting i think that's
0: a really interesting point about the eu and regulations around organic food because i definitely do try to buy more organic but i do find that it's more expensive and i think you know that is a small price to pay in terms of being more sustainable but it's really interesting to hear that um in ireland we don't have to worry about that as much um, But I really like that piece of advice of shopping local. Like I know here here where I live, yeah. there's a market every Saturday. And I, I, I guess we just get caught up. We're so busy. We don't really think about going to buy products in these places. And we're so focused on convenience too. Um, But that's a lovely idea. Absolutely. So a lot of people hear phrases like uh, sustainable food and just think that they have to go vegan or vegetarian. And that can often seem like a huge leap to change someone's habits like that but I know it's also about getting the most out of food portion control as you discussed avoiding food waste and making sustainable eating a more long-term goal do you have any tips on how people can achieve that
1: yeah I think that's a really good point I think definitely the conversation is stemming around um, vegan and vegetarian diets and as we just touched on that might not need to be the case it's definitely just being more aware of what you're, you're putting into your body and how much you're consuming, uh, not just in terms of how much you're eating, but how much you're buying and where you're buying from. So tips on how to achieve a sustainable long-term goals with our diet. So I definitely think with that awareness around what you're eating, maybe you start to implement meat-free days or vegetarian days or even vegetarian meals, even starting there if you're someone that has eggs for breakfast some sort of meat for lunch and some other sort of animal products for dinner it might be really cool for you to think of one place where you can just start to reduce your intake and that can be really easily done at breakfast having oats with fruits and nuts and just starting one place I think once you start to build in that habit and you start to see the changes and you you get enjoyment from what you're doing like your changes need to come from a place of interest and motivation and I think people listening to this podcasts will probably have that because they're obviously interested in sustainability in some fashion so it depends where you're starting from and where you're getting that motivation from but changes to one meal um, definitely will have a lasting impact um, and then definitely thinking about where and how much you're shopping so If you are someone that cooks for themselves or if you live in a house of people and everyone has been in the habit of cooking for themselves, maybe you can start to kind of combine and do shops together. Because it's really difficult actually to go to the supermarket and just buy for one because you'll find that you end up throwing away a lot of fresh produce and food waste absolutely comes into it as well. And uh, if you're not someone that has a compost bin, you're just throwing that into kind of the landfill and not using up your your food waste as sustainably or well as you could, then all of those little things start to add up as well. So yeah, trying to maybe get into groups in your household to do the food shop together, cook together a couple of times a week so that you're not not, um, getting rid of any any food waste and you're being more conscious of how much you're getting in, how much you're eating and how much you're throwing away. Um, and then one of my favorite ones as well is buying loose fruit and veg. So it's becoming easier. It's not always been the way that, you know, fruit and veg has been just loose. Like I know a little and Aldi, they make it so much easier for us, but in a lot of supermarkets, they're still prepackaged and, um, styrofoam and cling film and things like that. There's even been changes yes. to the, <laughs> the bags that you use to put the loose fruit and veg into your basket. So they, in a lot of places, they're compostable bags now. But they, they they've been plastic for ever, and all of those things add up as well. And they, they play a role in your diet because it's all involved in in buying your food and buying your products and cooking them as well. So what I like to do is maybe use A cardboard box Mm -hmm. or i have actually bought um like organic cotton produce bags so instead of um using the plastic bags in the supermarket you just bring your own you can bring like three or four of them depending on what fruit how much fruit and bud you want to buy and you just pop them in the bags and they don't mind at the till they can just take them out or they can just have a look inside your bags so bringing your reusable shopping bags but not only the big ones you can also bring the produce ones as well so i think it's yeah my overall goal to to leading a more sustainable long-term lifestyle practice is just being aware of the foods you're putting into your body aware of the methods and the places that you're buying your foods and aware of how much you are throwing away and then you can make little little changes like what we talked about um, to reduce that
0: (laughs) yeah i think that's great advice and definitely shopping and looking for loose fruit and vegetables for example is a great way of being conscious of what you're buying because I find sometimes when I'm shopping and I look for, let's say, a packet of carrots. If I'm shopping for myself, I might only eat, you know, two or three in the week. Whereas there's so many with packaging, you might get, you know, five or six carrots in a styrofoam container with plastic over it and I only need three. You know, it's it's that awareness of what you actually need, like, in terms of cooking as well
1: um so personally and then you end up spending less money as well which is a sustainable practice (laughs) you don't need to waste your money
0: yeah exactly yeah sustainable on the wallet too um i also find um being prepared in terms of what i'll eat during the week really helps me and it probably can be said for everyone but when i'm prepared in terms of what i'm eating for the week i save money i eat healthier And I also just find I I waste less food. And because I'm in college at the moment and can be very busy, I often just eat out of convenience. And when I actually become aware of that, I realize I'm making really poor choices in terms of my health. And, you know, the foods that are convenient are often really processed and have a lot of packaging and stuff like that, too. I couldn't agree more. So Kira, there's a lot of information out there about food and health and whether certain diets are good or bad so without delving too far into that aside from your own expertise in the area what resources do you turn to uh, for good information about diet and sustainability?
1: I love that question and I follow so many amazing people on Instagram like I've definitely gone through periods of just unfollowing the toxic, non-helpful resources out there and really making sure that my homepage is full of evidence-based practitioners with good positivity around food. But I think for this one, my favorite source of information on social media is someone called Plant Proof. Okay. He's amazing. Um, he talks a lot about not only plant-based diets, but their impact on the environment. And he has his own podcast where he he interviews everyone and anyone that has anything to say about plant-based diets, sustainability, impact on health health and lifestyle, impact on the planet recipes like really inspiring people so yeah if you if you guys listening wanted to pick up one inspirational follow on Instagram plant proof um and then just with regards to like staying up to date with like the best information like I always go back to science I try not to rely too heavily on social media for kind of my information Um, I was so lucky to have such amazing lectures. So I I definitely go back through my own content. But there's this uh, report called the Eat Lancet report. I'm not sure if you've heard about it before. No. Um, But it's written by a group of amazing professionals from all over the world. And they have put together all of the information to come up with a summary on how to eat best for your health and for planetary health so it's called eat like in capitals e-a-t lancet l-a-n-c-e-t report and i think everyone should have a read of it because it's really well written it's really easy to follow and understand but it gives you the scientific basis on how to live sustainably for yourself and for the environment and it's really Gorgeous as well. So I definitely recommend if you're if you're listening to this to have a read of that. It's such a wealth of information.
0: Great. I'll definitely share that in the resources after this episode. I can send it to you. (laughs) Cool. Um, I also love your point about social media. I think social media gets an awfully bad reputation, and I but this is the fourth episode of the podcast and you're the fourth person to say that it can have such a positive influence in terms of educating yourself about sustainability and about food. Absolutely.
1: Um, I love my Instagram. All I follow is like really great people. So I don't get those toxic uh, impacts anymore, which is amazing. So it's all about who you follow and who you don't follow.
0: Yeah, every so often you need to do an Instagram audit and just look through and see who actually makes you happy and who doesn't because you know social media can be so negative but um, I think that's a great piece of advice so before we finish up Kira, could you tell me about one sustainable product or all of the sustainable products that you can't live without
1: when you said one there I was like oh my god I can't one. <laughs> so we're gonna go through a really quick list because I just love all of these products and when I was thinking about this um I realized how many I have not that everyone needs to have like a host of sustainable products but I'm just like really proud of all the things that I've changed in the past few years that yeah i are- weren't even on my radar before so these are I might give people some inspiration on little things that they can change um but I'm addicted to Tupperware and bamboo cutlery um I am working in a hospital so I bring my lunch with me every single day and I can't leave the house without a Tupperware and all of my cutlery and I think like plastic cutlery is really accessible but it's also really unnecessary um because it's not too much to just Bring them with you and then bring them home and clean them. Um and then I use um non-packaged shampoo from Lush is definitely my favorite. Um, but that's really cool if you ever looked into your shower and noticed how many um what do they call, like tubes of shampoo and conditioner yeah. you have. Me and my brother had a revelation last year. We literally were throwing out so many bottles that can't be recycled. Um, and so, yeah, overnight changed to just a bar. They're amazing for your hair. There's absolutely no packaging and they smell amazing. So definitely, definitely a shampoo bar. Um, and then any of Dr. Bronner's products, you can get them really everywhere in Ireland. Um, they become much more popular, especially in like Nourish and then some kind of health food store sell them as well and some bigger supermarkets. But it's really cool products because you can use them for about anything with regards to cleaning. So you can use them on your body, laundry, washing the dishes, washing the floor. Like it's literally just like an all-purpose cleaner. Okay. And they're really, really nice ingredients. They smell amazing. So Dr. Bronner's, I use um, kind of the liquid soap. For like a body wash, and I also throw it into my laundry if I want it to smell like peppermint. They have like every different scent, and they're just gorgeous. And then I use their soap bars as well. Um, <laughs> and then okay, I'll just leave one more. Organic basics workout gear. So it's a really really nice company that have like uses organic cotton, I think, but the the clothes are sprayed with. Okay, the technical terms are leaving my brain, but they're sprayed with um, this technology that basically kills odor causing bacteria. And it sounds disgusting, but you only need to wash these products every like three, four, or five wears. And you can do workouts in them. They genuinely kill the odor causing bacteria, it reduces the energy and the water you're using in um your laundry you can use your dr bronner's products to wash them and um, they're really cute they're really really good product and they're organic cotton um so i think clothing is like the next big thing with sustainability and they're my favorite favorite brand so far
0: wow i've never heard of those before and i think they're really relevant at the moment when we're all living in gym gear all the time so that's very cool they're great. great I love them. <laughs> so Kira, thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's been so nice to chat to you. I've learned loads and I wish you all the best, as you are now a newly qualified dietitian. Yay.
1: Thank you so much. And um, I hope everyone listening got something helpful out of that. That was really fun to talk to you. And thanks for having me on.
0: <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at the underscore sus underscore for more.